Fairy Nights Where It All Started. A Fairy Nights Novel. Damien Hansen. Illustrated by Warwick Wilson. Copyright 2020 Damien Hansen, Warwick Wilson. Prologue. Once upon a time there was an enchanted forest called Strawberry Woods. And what a place Strawberry Woods was. It wasn't just full of strawberry bushes. It was full of raspberries, blackberries, apples and even blueberries. Better than that, it was full of fairies. And, best of all, it was full of me. Hi there. My name is Ching, last name Gu, and I am a fairy. Not a wing type fairy, though I can be if I want to be. Nah, I'm a sheepy. What is a sheepy, you ask? Well we are the fairies who go to sheepy elementary school. We learn how to use our fairy magic to shape change and transform. It isn't super easy though. It takes energy and talent. But I love being a sheepy. Sheepy elementary is way better than the other schools. And, to be honest, us sheepies are way cuter than those squirries, with their little school-issued wands and conjured gossamer wings. We are a lot more fun than the brunies, too. All day every day every bruni elementary student takes classes on how to look like little humans, live with you guys and help out with the cleaning, the cooking, and all of that boring human stuff that you do. And, well, the boogies don't even have a real school. They just have a hole in the ground where they exercise. They are big strong meatheads who play lots of sports and ride around on animals. That might sound cool, but being the biggest and toughest of the small fairy folk isn't anything to brag about. I, on the other hand, have plenty to brag about. I'm a channeler so I have powers. Not stuff that I really understand yet but they are cool to have. With a twitch of my ears and a bit of purple magic people think I am famous. And the more magic I put into it the more famous they think I am. I can be super strong when I need to be. Plus I'm lucky. And best of all, I have the strongest hamster in the world by my side, my best friend Rick. He's got a six-pack and huge muscles, so don't mess with Rick. This story here, well, it's the first of so many of my adventures through the world. It is one I'd love to tell you if you want to hear it. You do want to hear about it, don't you? You see, there is this totally different world right here under your nose. One that you don't really know about. You got some of it right in your books and movies, but most of it is just really 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 wrong and I'm here to make it right. To tell you how it all really is. And how us fairies are doing our part to protect Earth. Chapter 1 A Hero, A Sidekick, and A Hamster Hamster Rick. I scolded, if you eat all of the chess pieces then we won't be able to play the game. He dropped a slobbery pawn back on the board. There were teeth marks all over the wood. It was a fine sunny day in the strawberry woods. Rick and I were sitting home in my toadstool house drinking tea over a game of chess using pieces that I made and that he found to be delicious. Usually I played the game with my best friend Oma Bell. She's a pretty and funny little squirry with four silvery wings and she loves to wear shimmery dresses. She's smart too. Not an airhead like the rest of them. Plus she sticks up for herself. No one messes with Oma Bell. Not without getting a black eye that is. And she was supposed to be here. She was supposed to be checkmating me all over the board and then we'd go out and do something crazy. Like that time I joined her squirry friends in a fly around and we shot fireworks up over a human farming village. The kids oohed and odd but the rest of them just ran about, screaming something about witches. It was hilarious. I wondered what was keeping her. Not to say that Hamster Rick is bad. I love him to death too. But Hamster Rick is dumber than a brick, not the kind of person I want to play board games with. When Oma Bell came, though, she surprised me. She stuck her head through the guest window of my living room and scared me pretty good. Wah! I shouted, knocking over the board. Hamster Rick started eating the pieces. Hey sheepy sheep. What you doing?
she asked, her wings aflutter. Hamster Rick grabbed my king with his teeth. I smacked his nose. I'm kicking Rick's butt at chess. What does it look like I'm doing? And Sheepy Sheep is a horrible nickname, I said. Hamster Rick grabbed a pawn. I just sighed and let him have it. Some battles aren't worth fighting. Oma Bell grinned at me and eyed Rick with mischievous brown eyes. Then she hopped in through the window. I know something that you don't know, she laughed. You should know but you don't. What was Omo on about? I didn't know. I peeked over at Hamster Rick but he just squeaked and grabbed another pawn, breaking it in half with his powerful jaws and sharp teeth. Uck. Just tell me. I demanded. I know something you don't know, I know something you don't know Oma Bell sang, twirling around in a little circle and giggling. Okay. Fine. How many guesses do I get? I asked. Oma stopped dancing and magicked a silver comb into her hair. Then she yanked it through, searching for knots. Um, she thought out loud. Too loud. Let's say three. Okay, I thought, I've got this. It's gotta be something noticeable. You got a haircut? I asked. It didn't look like she had. But I never noticed when she did and it was as good a guess as any. Oma Bell twiddled a finger above her head and then a magic buzzer sounded. Wrong, Oma Bell said, crossing her arms over her chest. Hmm. This could be tricky. You just took a bath? My nose thanks you, I joked. Her face went stormy and she stomped her foot. It's my birthday, you Nimrod. Oh. Oh no. It was Oma Bell's birthday. I closed my eyes and waited for the inevitable punch to the nose. But it didn't come. Open up your eyes sheepy sheep. I opened my eyes and saw that she was all smiles and glitter, every trace of her earlier frustration gone. I'm not angry. You've never remembered any of my birthdays and besides that I already picked out your present to me. Happy birthday to me. She chortled. Thank the fairy queen in Elm's watch. I sighed, watching her skip about. So what did I get you? Oma Bell walked over to my bed and sat down. I'm going to go on an adventure and you and Hamster Rick are going to be my sidekicks. My head swiveled and I stared. An adventure? What? I yanked a backpack out of the closet, saying nothing. I opened the pack and started putting in whatever I could see around me. Hamster Rick squeaked and Oma Bell stared at me, puzzled. What are you doing Ching? Getting ready for the crazy hospital because I must be crazy. There is no way that you said what I thought I heard you say. Oma stuck out her tongue and jammed her fingers in her ears, giving me the mailong. I hate mailongs. They are so childish, and spitty besides. Her tongue wriggled as it buzzed up and down, spit flying everywhere. What are you doing going on an adventure? I asked her. You're a kid, like me. Shows what you think, she sneered back. I'm a full double digits today, the big one zero, and you better believe I'm ready to adventure, you sheepy sheep. Hamster Rick squeaked, excited. Then he twitched his nose, grabbed the top of a doorframe, and started doing pull-ups. The Brunies from Lilywater Village are sad, Oma Bell explained, because all of their rabbits have gone missing. And I told them we are on the case. So why don't you finish packing that backpack there and let's get a move on. I stuck out my tongue and did as I was told. A birthday present where I got to make up for all of those birthday presents that I missed was a solid thing. And, well, you know how it goes with BFFs. You'll do a whole lot to get them to smile. Chapter 2 On The Road Soon we were on the road out of Fairy Village. It's a yellow path made of cute little bricks, towered over by wild mulberry trees and invisible to all but the best of humans. Between the mulberries and the rest of the fruit of the forest it's easy to say that none of us ever got hungry. 
And the best thing is that it is all healthy eating, unlike the bacon woods or the pancake volcano. Of course even being familiar with the woods and having grown up there, it paid to be careful. There were all sorts of things that assumed they were just as cool and powerful and handsome as me. You had to watch your feet for the scuttlebugs. Those wheeled beetles liked to trip hapless fairies and then eat whatever fell out of their backpacks. You had to watch out for the gazorps too. They were dark magic brunies who liked to sneak up on you and break your favorite stuff. I lost my favorite teddy bear to one once. I was not happy. There was good stuff to watch out for as well. Sometimes, if you were lucky, you'd spy a leprechaun. Those guys loved to chat and would give you a gold coin for listening. There were also the butternuts, who would chase you around after they saw you and beg you to eat their cookies. And, let me tell you, they are delicious. Probably the best thing about walking the yellow brick road, though, was Grandfather Oak. He's the oldest and biggest tree in the forest and when he is awake he likes to spend his time whispering sweet words into the ears of us fairies. He was fairly jumping that day, his branches swaying in dance and leaves raining down over us as his words hopped from fairy to fairy. You are a great sheepy, Chingu. You will do great things, his windy whispers sighed into my ears. I blushed. Grandfather Oak always knows what to say. I saw Oma Bell dancing in the air. She must have heard something good as well. Now I know what you are thinking. You are reading this and thinking, isn't that dangerous? Won't your moms and dads be sad or scared or ready to yell at you? Well, one thing about fairies is that we don't have them. We're born out of nature. Like Oma Bell came from a wild rose. One day its butt opened up, there was a pop and there she was, dancing out from a cloud of donut sprinkles and flying out over the village. And I came from the coolest thing of all, a dusty old pinecone stuck in a dried out puddle of mud. We rounded our way through the strawberry woods and made it to Lilywater Village. It was a small and pretty place with light blue rooftops and yellow walls. The Brunies lived there with the humans and everyone was happy. Usually. Today the place was in mourning. The humans were nowhere to be seen, and a cluster of Brunies sat together at the end of the yellow brick road, crying and hugging. Oh, those poor rabbits. Where did they go? They wailed. I'm not a fan of Brunies. They live with humans, and act like humans, and even dress like humans. They are wannabe humans as far as I am concerned. But seeing them like that broke my heart. Especially since their human friends had all run away. Oh no, Oma Bell cried from above. She buzzed in close and grabbed one up in a hug. Don't cry, she said. Hugging is all well and good but I wanted us to stay on the job. There was a mystery to solve and a birthday wish to fulfill. I walked up to them. Hi. I'm Ching and this is my friend Oma, I introduced ourselves. We are channelers and we are here to help. What can you tell us about the missing rabbits? The Brunies glanced at one another and one nodded. He stood up and walked over to me. We searched for the rabbits and we smelled the trouble. It is a boglin. A big bad boglin. He took over their homes and is going to eat them right up. And after that I bet he'll eat the birds and the butterflies and everything else that is good here until Lilywater Village is nothing more than a sad and broken place filled with crying. Yikes. That sounded bad. Really bad. We can help. Oma Bell exclaimed. But her face was scrunched up and she looked a little less certain than she had. The Bruni frowned doubtfully. We really can, I told him. We're channelers with power and today we're going to be heroes. Yeah, Oma Bell agreed. I'm here with my sidekick Ching and he is here with his sidekick Hamster Rick and we are going to kick some boglin butt. I frowned. This sidekick business was annoying. Hamster Rick squeaked happily and started doing sit-ups. Right, I said. 
So, we need one of you to bring us over to where that Boglin is and we'll have your rabbit saved before you can say Chingu is super handsome. The Bruni leader looked back at his group and they nodded at him. Then he started walking away. This way heroes. He told us, hope rising in his voice. Oma fluttered after him and I jumped on Hamster Rick's back, riding him like a horse. We all soon came to a hole in the ground. It smelled really bad and the entrance was covered in snot and mold. This is the home of the Lilywater rabbits, the Bruni said. He cried again. Oh, those poor rabbits. Oma Mabel landed. Hamster Rick cracked his knuckles. And I clapped my hands. Let's do this, I said, entering the hole first with my friends right behind me. Chapter 3, The Big Bad Boglin The tunnel into the rabbit warren was slick and slimy. There was awful smelling muck and goo all over the place, they were disgusting things, these boglins. And making things dirty was their favorite thing to do. Let me tell you something about boglins. Boglins are fairies too. Yeah, I know, that's hard to believe. But they are. They are bad fairies. One of the types of fairies that enjoy hurting people and breaking things. And it shows. They are beastly and rude, dirty and mutated. They live ugly lives and that makes them ugly fairies. The tunnel opened up into a large space full of dung and garbage. Uck, Oma Bell complained as we walked in. Then the laughter began. Muahahaha, the thing rasped, coming from the tunnel we had just left. We were trapped. I spun around, shaking, and searched for who or what was there. It was the Boglin. It sneered as its orange-red eyes swept over us. Tasty things as fairies, the Boglin croaked. Both of his heads licked their misshapen lips, rotted stumpy teeth showing in the dimness. Hamsters too, the thing laughed. Hamster Rick squeaked in terror. You are very scary, Boglin, I said. He really was. This Boglin had two heads and three arms, and its skin oozed with black sludgy stinky sweat. My poop smells better than this thing did. But I wasn't about to give up yet. I looked around the den for ideas. Then one flashed bright in my head. I glanced over at Omabel, Hamster Rick and I put it into action. It is really hard to see you over there, I called out. I had to do this right. I had to lure him in close and then, maybe, I could convince him that he was a star. There isn't a lot of light here, I confided, and I bet you'd look a lot scarier up close. The Boglin was quiet for a moment. Its shadow hunched over in thought. I am a very scary thing, the Boglin affirmed at last. But you sheepies are a tricky lot. I'm not gonna fall for one of your tricks. Do you trust us squirries? Oma Bell called out. The Boglin snarled. No to squirries, no to sheepies, no to strange hamsters with large muscles. You tricky tricksters aren't going to get me. He hissed. Then he lowered his voice ominously. You don't want to see me up close. Cause it'll be the last thing you see. He did a little dance and cackled. Boglin came and Boglin ate, Boglin time was so great, now Boglin see a brand new meal, Boglin bite and make them squeal exclamation mark. Terrifying, shivered Oma Bell, her wings a flutter but now my mind kicked into overdrive. I could trick him with his song. I put on my gushiest of voices and honeyed my tongue. It was time to snap into action. Oh, Mr. Boglin, how you can sing? I simpered. As I did, I wriggled my ears, and cast a magical spell. There was the sound of a champagne cork popping, bubbles fizzing, and an agent saying to sign on the dotted line. The spell was cast and now I was famous. Or so he would think if the magic didn't fizzle out. I can tell, for I am an expert at these things, I told him. I am the great superstar known as Chingu, and this is my agent, Oma Bell. The Boglin stopped, confused. You are Chingu? He rasped. 
The Chinggu? He started to hop around. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I am your biggest fan. I love your, uh, what do you do again? I sing, I said, smiling in my head. The spell was working. Yes I am the one and only Chinggu, singer extraordinaire, I beamed. Come here close so I can get a good look at you. I bet between me and Oma Bell we can make you a star too. I always knew I'd be famous, the boggling cackled. Say, wait a second, what are you doing with that crazy looking hamster? He asked. Rick the hamster flexed, his six pack intimidating even in this poor lighting. Oh, yeah, that's Rick. He's my bodyguard, Oma Bell said, following the opening I had given her. Ching saw a brief spark of fairy dust from Oma Bell's wand and now she radiated charm. You do know that us agents always need to be careful, don't you? She batted her eyelashes as the boglin ambled toward us, a skip in his step. Yeah. I can be a rock star. I can boogie to the woogie and dance to the prance. The boglin exclaimed. He was now close enough to touch, peering down at us at an angle he clearly believed was his good side. It was not. And I can get rid of those rabbits too. Don't need to eat them if I'm gonna be rich and famous. I agree, I said as I kicked out the boglin's legs from under him. The boglin landed face down in a pile of its own guck, screaming in confused outrage as it tried to recover. Sleep, Oma Bell whispered as she touched the back of his struggling body with her wand. Rise, Oma Bell added, making the sleeping boglin fly up. Now we could bring him out of the warren. We walked out of the warren. There stood the bruny leader. He held his brown slippy cap in his hands. Thank you, Grand Fairy Heroes. You have my thanks and the thanks of our whole village. Ah shucks, I said, my cheeks getting red. And then we waved goodbye and we headed back through the human prairies to the forests of the fairies. So what happens to him now? I asked as we headed back to Fairy Village. It was a long way off and I could have used my magic to speed us up but we didn't want to use it all up and then run into something else that was big and bad. A fairy who used up all of their magic was in big trouble. He goes to jail and we go back and rescue the rabbits, Oma Bell smiled. And we win the adventure. I grinned at that. Good job, sidekick, she added. I frowned. Chapter 4, Collecting the Essentials The sun was just coming up when the news hit the presses. I was hugging my teddy sheep, Dean, and smiling at dreams of candy and chocolate. Those were gonna have to wait though. Knock 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 dash there was a rapid knocking at my door. What is it, Oma Bell? I yelled sleepily. When Oma Bell knocks it is always fast, annoying, and it doesn't stop until I answer. I sat up in my bed, keeping my covers wrapped up around me. We're in the news. Oma Bell blurted out as she threw the door open. Her face sparkled with some magical cantrip as she pirouetted in the doorway. The town crier, that little brat Bran, he's yelling all about us and how we captured the boglin. I rubbed my eyes and yawned. Why was she so excited? A suspicion rose in my mind and I decided to test it. Are the people excited and happy? I asked. Oma Bell nodded and threw her arms up into the air. They are very excited and very happy, she enthused. I turned white and slapped my hands to my face. Oh my god oh my god it's going to be a level up, isn't it? Oma Bell nodded again. Her eyes shone with excitement as she added a jig to her little dance and fluttered her wings. Yes it is sheepy sheep. Get up and get ready. I clapped my hands and jumped out of bed. Oma Bell covered her mouth, her face turning red. I was in my underwear. Looking around fast I grabbed a pair of sturdy pants and pulled them on. Sorry Oma Bell. It was hot. Oma Bell nodded and laughed. I saw London. I saw France. 
I saw Ching Gu's underpants exclamation mark she sang. I laughed with her. It was hard not to, when she was such a funny, smart girl. Yeah yeah but you are the one who was looking, I said. I picked up my favorite green shirt. Well let's get this going then, I added as I slipped it on. How long do you think this will take? 500 years if you keep talking, she scolded, giving me the stink eye. Come on. She grabbed my hand and flew out the door, dragging me with her. I hadn't even had time to brush. Then she let me go and I plopped down to the ground on my bottom, peering up at her as she waved for me to get back up. Ching we really really have to hurry. Like now. I've never had a level up, you've never had a level up, and this is such a huge deal. She gushed. I can't believe we are about to level up. I got up and she took to the sky, fluttering her four magical squirry wings as fast as they could go. I started running to keep up but she was going fast fast, and she pulled ahead. That's when I got competitive. It's one of the things that make us click, Oma Bell and I. We love to hang out, joke and talk. But we both also like to win. I mean, what can you do about your best friend making everything into a challenge? The race was on. And, just between you and me, speed is my specialty. I blew a bubble from my lips, wiggled my tongue and then transformed. I was a fuzzy fat sheep with jet engines coming out of my butt. Each of those fired hot blue-red flames, longer than I was. And boy did I take over. There was a thunderclap as I broke the sound barrier. That spell took three mana and it sputtered on the first try but it wasn't like I was gonna do anything else with it that day. And it was a lot of fun. Oma Bell's eyes went wide as I rocketed past her, leaving her in my jet fumes. Chingu power. I yelled as I zipped on by. I didn't know if she heard me or not and I didn't care. Because she broke rule 1 of Fairy Village. Rule 1 of Fairy Village is not in any of the rule books. But it should be. Rule 1 is don't ever race a sheepy. Remember that if you ever come by to visit. I made it to the square in an instant, a trail of cloudy gray smoke marking my passage. And I cocked my head and waited. When I saw Oma Mabel on the horizon I waved. She was fast with her wings but Fairy Village was a long and spread out place here in Strawberry Woods. I can't imagine how those poor brunies ever get anywhere when they come and visit. They don't have any wings or any travel magic, just legs and a smile. As Oma Bell finally landed I rubbed my hands. It felt like Christmas. When a channeler like Oma Bell or I are born we take in a lot of power from all of the excitement and happiness around us. We grow up special and gifted. But the real superpower was this. Being able to keep growing and keep getting gifts. I smiled at her and she smiled at me as the folk around us talked and congratulated us. And then it happened. We both puffed out golden light and dinged a happy sound. Level up. The crowd cheered. One very particular voice boomed over them all. Ha ha, a monumental victory. We both glimpsed at each other, it was the great hero Dames Handsome and he was gesturing for us to follow him. What was he talking about? Chapter 5, Fairy School. We all went over to a big tall toadstool with lots of circular windows and a big fat door at the front. I blinked at Oma Bell and she blinked at me. Gulp! Hero School. I had never heard of it actually but I bet Oma Bell had. It looked scary. Dames Handsome stood facing it, gazing over the school from its very tippy top down to its base. He was proud. So you leveled up, Dames said as he studied us. Do you know what to do now? I only kinda knew. I knew I was a channeler. So was Omabel. And only channelers can level. But the rest of it? Like how to get the golden ore to go away, or how to actually make myself better? I didn't know exactly what the heck I was doing. But, hey, I was willing to learn. I think I might, Omabel said, closing her eyes and waving her hands around.
Dames nodded and put a hand on her shoulder. It looks like you know the how, but there is more to channeling essentials than just picking something and making it better. Come with me, children. Let us find you a teacher. The three of us went through the large door at the front, and found a place full of stairs, doors and hallways. It was very confusing and frankly a mess. How do you not get lost in this place? I asked Dames. He laughed. Oh, yeah, right. Illusions. Dames waved a hand and then we were standing in a large and sturdy toadstool hut. I'd just like to put up the school to scare the wits out of new heroes. Haha I bet you thought you were going to have to go to school after school, year after year, to become a hero like me. Ha! What a nightmare. I really have been thinking that. The whole hero business suddenly felt a whole lot better. Oma Bell pouted though. Nerd. She liked to study and sit at desks sometimes. It made me bonkers. Dames pointed to two fuzzy green chairs and we took our seats. Facing us, he started the lesson. So what can you tell me about leveling up in essentials? Oma Bell put up her hand. Great, she was playing human. Dames laughed. Yes, my little hero? Leveling up is what happens when a channeler, like us, does something really really good and difficult, or really really bad. Something just awful. Dames Hansom nodded. Oma Bell continued. And essentials are like little things that flit about all over the place and, uh, do stuff? She finished lamely. I laughed and she punched my shoulder. Well she isn't wrong, Dames Hansom said. Just not quite detailed enough. Oma Bell looked like she wanted to punch him in the shoulder. But she didn't. The way of it is this. Essentials are the smallest tiniest thing that can ever be. They make everything around you and inside you. And since they are so small and so hard to count, we call one million essentials an essence. I rolled my eyes. Boring. So, why does any of that matter, Chingu? Dames asked, his eyes pinning me to the chair. Oops. I might have made him angry. Well, I said, thinking about it, I guess because then we can rate stuff with numbers. Like how my 4 million build essentials mean I have a build of 4? Or how my 2 million brain essentials mean I have a brain of 2? My magic essentials give me a 2 and my mana essentials give me an essence of 4. Oma Bell piped up, I have a build of 2, a brain of 3, a magic of 4, and a mana of 8, she gloated, rubbing it in. Dames pulled up another chair and sat down in it. Knowing your essentials is good and all. But what do those numbers mean to us? He asked. And what about the spells? Ah. The spells. Oma Bell was smart and very magical, but I had more spells. Like Hamster Rick, he was from a spirit bond. I'd done that one year ago. You draw your magic together and poof, instant best friend. Can't do it more than once though or it'll melt your brain. Or so I heard. I think the numbers mean how good we are at stuff. Like I can cast stronger spells up to level 4 because my magic is 4. I jumped in at this point. Yeah and I have a build of 4 so I can take 4 strong hits before I'm kaput. Dames rubbed his chin. Yeah, that's good. And what about mana? I have 4 mana and I can channel mana into my spells to make them work. The more I put into them the stronger they are. Like when I fast travel I can put 1 point in to be fast like a horse, 2 points in to be fast like a race car, and 3 to be fast like a jet. A full 4 lets me open a portal up to go anywhere I want. Yes Chingu. Well done. And so, when you level up, you need to write down all of these things, all of your spells, and think about what would best help you. You have 4 mana, Chingu, and 4 mana will make a portal for you to anywhere. But then you are out of magic for the rest of the day. So that isn't very useful, is it? But what if you up your mana to 5? 
then you'd have a little energy left for another spell. Something to think about. And you, Oma Bell, you have a build of two. What if something big and bad like the Boglin starts hitting you? What if a dragon breathes its fire over you? A better build means you can stand longer in the face of harm. Do you understand? We both nodded. Dames threw some papers and pencils into our laps. We'll write it all down. Then let's level you up properly. I stared at the paper. It felt strange to put myself down onto a piece of paper as stats. I picked up my pencil and stabbed the tip of my finger a few times. What to do, what to do? I peeked over to see what Oma Bell was doing. She was drawing rows and columns across her paper. She saw me checking out her writing and then she yelled, cheater. Then she hid her paper from me. Nerd. All right, rows and columns. I ran my lines over the page and then decided to start it all off with my name. Then I added that I'm a sheepy. Cause I am and sheepies are awesome. We talked a lot about build, brain, magic and mana so that all went on there. Then I stared a bit. It was good so far. But there were so many empty boxes. I peeked over and Oma Bell was still scratching away, writing down an encyclopedia's worth of stuff on that small slip of paper. There had to be more. I decided to add my best friend Rick the hamster because he's super great. Then I added Oma Bell because she's kinda cool too. Something wasn't right there though. I erased those two. Spells. We talked a little about spells. All of the spells that us fairies know are different between us. They are kind of like superpowers I guess. I started scratching furiously, hoping to beat Oma Bell before she finished. The paper looked beautiful when I finished, if I may say so myself. There was a lot of empty space still but I could fill that in later. With all of the leveling up I'd be doing I figured I'd probably need another paper. It all looked really good. I couldn't wait to show my teacher. Chapter 6, The Level Up So now what do we do? I asked. I peered over at Oma Bell and saw her smiling wide, since she finished first and was the clear winner of our unannounced writing race. I made a face and stuck my finger in my nose while rolling my eyes up into the back of my head. That's you, Oma Bell. That's you, I said. And I wasn't racing anyways, I lied. She stuck out her tongue and crossed her eyes. Oh she could make me so mad. Children, dames scolded, this is serious business. There are no resets nor do-overs in a level up. You keep what you choose forever. We stopped goofing off and paid attention. This was where we became heroes and I was not going to mess this up. Good, Dame said, the two of us all eyes and all ears. He smirked and he pointed down at their newly written papers. These are your character sheets. Remember to keep them updated. Use them to plan and make strategy. Think about what works best for you, and what works best for your team. Don't take the same spells as each other, and focus on different attributes. Look down at your papers and tell me what you are thinking of doing with them for your level up. Oma Bell held hers up to show it off. It was neat and tidy, with a spectacular border made up of magic rainbow glitter and awesome unicorn pictures. It was filled out with the prettiest writing I had ever seen. She had done her best to make me jealous. And she had succeeded. I sighed, looking at her character sheet in wonder. Dames looked at me with funny eyes. Something to say, Chingu? I shook my head. I wanted to tell Oma Bell that her paper was horrible, but it wasn't and mine looked like garbage. I'd have to work on mine later. That'd show her. I think maybe Dames could read thoughts because he pulled up next to me and whispered in my ear, you can make another character sheet. You just can't reset your stats. Take your time working on it later. Don't be jealous of people, just work hard to be as good or better. I nodded and even blushed a little. Oma Bell was my best friend and I knew that I should be happy for her. Alright. 
Looking at this here, Chinggu, you're a strong guy. Especially since you were bonded with Rick the hamster. Was that your animal friend spell? Right. Now, what are you going to do with your level up and why? Dames asked me, his eyes piercing my own with their intensity. It didn't take long for me to think about it. We'd already talked about how I can teleport anywhere on the planet but then I won't have any magic left to do any other spells. And while I had a bunch of things I'd want to be able to do eventually, this was the one that made sense. Plus seeing that Aiden Oma's mana stung. I'm going to level up my mana, I answered. Then I can still do a little magic if we need to go somewhere fast. Dames put his thumbs up. Good choice. And well reasoned. And Oma Bell? What are you going to level up? I'm going to level up my build? She asked. She was so clueless for a moment. I snickered and she gave me a murderous glare. I guess I wasn't the only one who could get jealous. Why is that? Dames asked. Why are you going to level up your build? Well, because you talked about it before and you said I should level up my build. So that seems like a good idea, she said. She looked a little grumpy and even a little betrayed. Ah, yes. Don't be angry. It's a lesson, I well could have picked on Chinggu for doing what I said as well. You shouldn't just do what I say. You should think about it, Dame said. Put it into a plan. Make this something good for the two of you. I tapped my pencil against the desk, thinking. What did he want her to say? I think we both came to the same conclusion at the same time though. We both said it at the same time anyway. The shield spell. We exclaimed. Dames clapped. Yes. The shield spell. I have it. I have the armor spell as well. And the hardiness spell. There are so many useful ways to level up. A shield spell will envelop you with energy fed by your mana. You, Oma Bell, can whip up a heck of a shield. Don't get swatted or drained though. All of these spells have their weaknesses as well. We both nodded. Well, I think that about covers that, Dame said, watching us. Now, level up. Um, how? I asked. Oma Bell didn't say anything but her eyes showed the same question. But he just stared at us and didn't answer. We both stared down at our papers, realizing this was the last task of his class. I thought about it for a few minutes. Then I smiled at Dames and grabbed up my pencil. Could it really be this easy? I rubbed my eraser over the four and then my pencil began to spark and sparkle. It felt heavy in my hands. I struggled to bring it down to my paper again, point first, but when I did, it wrote in gold. I traced out my five. Then a gong sounded and my aura vanished. There I was. Chinggu, the hero, a new level gained and well ready for another adventure. Chapter 7, A New Adventure Class with dames was fun and all, but I was really happy when it was time to go. Sheepies aren't made for the classroom. We're made for bouncing, changing and all-around fun. I didn't waste any time when we got out of there. I made myself into a ladybug and hung out on Oma Bell's shoulder. The best way to travel sometimes is to let someone else do the traveling for you. Usually riding on Oma Bell's shoulder is lots of fun. You'll just have to believe me because there is no way I can show you. Right then, though, she was just quiet and thinkative. When she gets like that I try to be quiet and thinkative too. But that's hard for me. The silence is too loud and I always want to break it. It went on and on and finally I couldn't stand it any longer. What is it, Oma Bell? I asked her. What's wrong? It came out sounding crackly because of my weird ladybug mouth. A light rain picked that moment to patter down around us. The cool wetness of it made Oma Bell shake her head, her light fairy hair fluttering and changing to light blue. She sprinkled some fairy dust on it and the water streaked away, keeping it dry and perfect. Chinggu, she asked, 
do you really think we can be champions like Dames Handsome? I mean we had a class and we can channel, but I feel like we need to know a lot more stuff. This feels like way too much way too soon. I wish we had weeks or even years of class on all of this. I mean, what do we do if things get hard and we don't know what to do? I buzzed my wings. Hey, Oma, don't think like that, I said. We beat that big bad Boglin and saved those rabbits. What are you on about anyways? We don't even have another quest. What are you afraid of? I mean really, actually, afraid of? I hopped off of her shoulder and changed back to myself. It wasn't a good day for hitching a ride with her. Plus puddles were starting to form on the ground and I liked to jump in them. Spending a little bit of mana, I made my feet bigger for extra splashage and cobbloosh the biggest one I saw, splattering muddy brown water all over the place. I looked at Oma expecting her regular laugh and congratulations but she wasn't even paying attention. Things were really bad. Hey, hey, if Dame's handsome thinks we can do it, we can do it. We are heroes, you and I, and just because we haven't done a lot of adventures doesn't mean we won't, I told her, walking over and putting an arm around her shoulders. She turned her head and scowled, her fear and emotion shining in her eyes. I knew I had to cheer her up. And I thought I might know how. I threw the little bit of mana that I had left into my mouth and whistled a few musical notes into the air. A distant squeak told me that Rick would arrive soon. In the right mood that guy was a hugging machine. And Oma could use all the hugs she could get. You don't think that we are imposters? We aren't really heroes. We just got lucky, Oma started blabbing, her words falling one after the other. I have the best hearing but it was hard to keep up so I interrupted her as politely as I could. Imposters, shamosters. What you need is another adventure. One where we are both heroes and you don't call me your sidekick, I told her, smiling. My smiles are infectious. Her face brightened and then she smiled too. Oh, and a sandwich, I added. Oma Bell always got cranky when she was hungry. Oma Bell fluttered her wings, knocking the drip off of them. Her light blue hair shimmered as her magic continued to get rid of the rain. She was fussy, she was. But a hero too. I needed to show her that. Here's what I'm thinking, Oma Bell. I think we should go to the tailsmith before bedtime and have him write us a quest. Something small but important. Save some more rabbits, help a human find true love, maybe even get a prince changed back to his usual self? Oma Bell laughed. You do a lovey-dovey quest? She asked, her eyes back to her usual twinkle. I gave her a bow. For you, Oma Bell, I will even dress up all nice like and comb my hair before we go. She flew up and hovered in the air, spiraling drops of water about her. Then Rick the hamster came running from out of the forest and he leapt up to grab her in a great big hug. Squeak! Hamster Rick said. Let's save all of that dress-up stuff for later, Oma Bell giggled, now lying on the muddy ground covered in huggy hamster. I think helping a prince sounds like a grand second adventure. I couldn't help but agree. It was time to check out our powers and see what we could do for the world. Chapter 8, The Wordsmith All of us were up and out early that next morning. There was an adventure to be had and a tale to be written. One starring your favorite trio. Rick the hamster squeaked excitedly and Oma Bell danced through the air as we made our way through the morning mist and into the village center. The wordsmith's place was there, surrounded by a mess of marts and markets that helped us fairies get the things that we need. Fairy dust is just the start of that list. For a good fairy life you sometimes need to have some glass slippers, magic pumpkins, thwibble dancers or trouble weavers. And if you are a hero you need your wordsmith. He's the guy that takes in quests, gives them out to channelers like us, and then writes all about them after we come back winners. This wordsmith had a little toadstool workshop with a sign that said shakes stories and quests, 
The wily wordsmith. We picked his because he had put an extra E on the back of his job. It was fancy. Omabel took the lead, knocking on the door fast and crazy like she usually does. I was about ready to answer the door myself when it finally opened. What do you want? Asked an old fat fairy with a beard and mustache. He looked like a prickly old sheepy. I shivered, wondering what I would look like in the future. Do you want to write a heroic adventure? Oma began, waving her hands around. The old guy, named Shake according to the sign, looked up at the sky and frowned. It's gotta be five in the morning. What are you doing waking up good old fairies like me at five o'clock in the morning? Shakes grumbled. Oma Bell put on her prettiest and most excited smile. All right, Shakes grumbled. Come on in. He led us into a lounge. There were a few sofas, each with a long coffee table. Usually I'd go make some coffee for you too. But you are young. And rude, Shakes informed us, grabbing a stack of papers from one table and squinting his eyes at the documents. I can read those out loud for you if you want, I offered. I liked reading to people plus he looked like he could use a hand. He just scowled and muttered though. That's the thing about old people, they need help but they don't like to admit it. Shakes shook his head no and sat down on a sofa. He gestured for us to sit. I glanced at Oma Bell and she smiled back then shrugged. We both went over to the sofa opposite him and sat down, watching. He seemed to forget we were there because he just sat there, squinting and reading and scratching his old bald head. Do you think we should do something? Oma Bell whispered. Nah. He's alright. He kinda reminds me of a grandpa, I told her. All we have to do is wait and, if he falls asleep, tickle him awake. I'm not doing that, giggled Oma Bell a little loudly. Shakes peeked up from his papers, then studied them again. Didn't I hear about you two? He asked. Oma Bell and Chingu. Rick squeaked at him, offended. Ah yes, and a dumb hamster, Shakes added. That's Rick, I informed him politely. Yes, Rick. So you two got that boglin and locked him up in jail, yes? Shakes asked. Yeah that's right, Oma Bell answered. Shakes nodded and stood up. Good job that one. I bet I have a quest for you. Something low-key. Do you have any preferences? He asked. I could send you out to help some more rabbits. They get themselves into lots of trouble, those animals. I turned my head and checked with Oma. She had said before that she wanted to help out a prince, but maybe she'd change her mind listening to Shakes. She shook her head though so I did the same. I was thinking more something with helping princes? Oma Mabel said. Shakes screwed up his face. That is so cliché. Everyone is always helping princes or princesses or dirty stepsisters. Where's the danger? Where's the challenge? Bah, he complained, waving us away. Come back to me when you're serious. We are serious about helping a prince, I said, standing up. Just this first time. You know, so we can get a little more experience doing this stuff. Then you get to pick the second quest. Whatever it is. Shake smiled broadly. I wondered if he hadn't just tricked us, because he didn't seem upset at all. Deal. He said, and he offered his hand. I grabbed it and our handshake surrounded us with a blue glow. What was that? Oma Bell asked, surprised. That was the oath binding. If either of us breaks this promise, it won't be good for the other fairy. I'd tell you what happens, but I don't know myself, Shakes answered her. No one has been stupid enough to try. So what do you have for us? I asked. I crossed my fingers as I listened. I've got a frog prince situation over in the kingdom of Asendra, Shakes told them. He turned away an old woman from his royal banquet, not knowing she was a witch. Now, unless he wins the kiss of a real princess within the month, 
he will be an ugly warty frog forever. We've got this, Omobel said, fluttering up into the air. You can count on us. Chapter 9, Oops. Omobel, Rick and I stuck to the shadows as we crept up to the castle. Prince Hylian, the gross and slimy, totally unkissable frog, was riding on Rick's head because Oma didn't want to touch him and I wasn't going to either. He was icky. How are you going to get the princess to kiss me? Hylian croaked. Then he snapped a fly out of the air with his long and sticky tongue. That's kinda gross, I told him. He cocked his head. Anyways we're just going to sneak into the castle grounds and then hide around the reflecting pond. Princess Jumi likes to play there with her golden ball. Yes. Oma Bell exclaimed. And then we'll make friends with her and play truth or dare. You just do frog things and then when we get her to say dare we'll dare her to kiss you. Presto Chango. Prince Arino Apiro. Squeak. Rick the hamster said, dropping to the ground to do some push-ups. Croak. Hylian said. What if that doesn't work? I smiled. Don't worry. I have a plan B. The castle wall was tall and white, a long wall that protected a beautiful area with playgrounds and flower gardens. There was even a petting zoo. Guards in pink armor marched around with bows in their hair. It made me wonder what kind of princess we were about to be dealing with. She might be crazy. Sneaking in was a cinch though. The guards spent a lot of time complaining about the bows in their armor. Us little folk clung close together. Then Oma Bell sparked her wand about us and we shimmered into the inside of a large bubble. Another spark and we were floating on by. That's pretty neat Oma, I told her as we floated over the wall and its watchers. How much did that spell cost you? It was just two mana, ching. One for the bubble and another for the breeze. I'm still really charged and ready for anything. She yelled and hopped, way too excited. She hopped too hard though. And the bubble popped. Squee! Rick the hamster screamed, not at all happy with what was happening. Ah! Oma Bell screamed as she watched her friends falling, her wings keeping her up in the sky. Croak! Yelled Hylian, unable to scream. Oh poop! I yelled, getting ready to meet my maker. But then I slapped my forehead. Duh sheepy power. I'm so great I forget it sometimes. I spun in a circle, sang the Macarena and spent a point of mana. In an instant I was a flying squirrel, flaps of skin whistling in the air. We'd all been falling together, so I grabbed up Hylian with my one paw and Rick with the other. The two guards below looked up but didn't seem to understand what they were seeing. I happily sailed us all to the reflecting pool, with Oma flapping behind us. And then we waited. No guards came, so they must have thought we were just crazy animals doing crazy animal things. But no princess came either. I'm never ever going to be a prince again, Hylian moaned sadly. I bet he'd have cried if frogs could cry. I hated seeing anyone like that. It hurt to look at him. Listen, all of you. I said I had a second plan before and I do. Just get in my hand, Hylian, and let me take care of the rest. Oma Bell looked at me suspiciously. What's the plan, Ching? She asked. But I wasn't going to tell. Because my plan was awesome and she'd just tell me not to do it. Just back me up, I assured her. Hylian hopped over and I picked him up. Then I focused on my mana and cast a spell. Form change. Max mana. I pictured myself towering over the castle and with a flash I made it so. I was a giant. Giants are usually big and nasty brutes but this one looked like me so it was pretty handsome if I say so myself. I had one foot stuck in the reflecting pond and the other one stuck in a rose garden, with a tiny little frog prince in my hand. I saw Rick take off running and Oma Bell shaking her finger at me and yelling. See, I knew she wouldn't like the plan. 
With some effort I tore my one foot out of the pond, dragging dirt and trees with it. Then I ripped my other foot out of the flower garden, wrecking the whole thing. I thought of what Oma Bell must be screaming at me and I let out a thunderous laugh. I saw some of the guards yelling at each other, too scared to come after me. I stopped to the castle. Princess, I boomed, the castle shaking with each sound. Kiss the frog in my hand and I won't smash you. A window opened up and a girl with pink hair wearing a pink dress and a pink crown stared up at me and yelled something. What? I shouted. A different window cracked from the sound. I can't hear you. Just get into my hand and I'll put you up to my ear so I can hear you. My plan was working perfectly. I put my hand down and the princess got into it. Then I put her up to my ear. Why are you doing this? Princess Jumi asked. She sounded sad. That made me sad too. I'm sorry, I said. She struggled not to fly away with the force of my breath. I'm just trying to help out a frog prince. I need you to kiss him so he can be a person again. There was a pause and then she said, you should have just come up to my door and asked. I've helped out like a million frog princes. Well, more like half a dozen. But it is kind of my thing. Oh, sorry, I apologized, my face turning red. And now you wrecked my reflecting pond and tore up my garden and even scared away my guards. She scolded. I looked back at the wall to see tiny pink figures running into the forest. I felt rotten. Like a pumpkin after Halloween. I wanted to die. Just put me in your other hand, let me kiss the prince and get out of here, she ordered, her voice still sad and not at all friendly. And never come back. Okay? Okay, I said as I put her into my other hand. She grabbed up the frog angrily, gave him a big wet smooch, and in the frog's place stood a dashingly handsome prince in rich and stylish clothing. Milady, he started but she slapped him across the face and huffed. You'll all get my bill in the mail, she said as I put her back into her house. Maybe Oma had been right. We weren't heroes. We were zeros. Chapter 10, An Early Retirement You what? Shakes thundered, interrupting my explanation. I knew he'd be angry but I didn't know it would be this bad. This was rock bottom stuff. I felt like gum stuck to the bottom of a garbage can. He slammed a fist down on the table. How could you be so stupid? Now I'm on the line with that prince of yours, for paying to fix all of the damage you did. This quest was an easy one, a slam dunk, and you failed it completely, he yelled, rapid fire, his face turning purple as he ran out of breath. I wasn't sure what to say. I'd messed up royally and showed everyone what a loser I was. Whoever handed out special powers really gave them to the wrong kid. I didn't cry but I wanted to. I just, I started to say in a low and quiet voice, but he put up a hand and cut me off. You what? You thought that you could just smash up her castle until she kissed the frog and turned him back into a prince? You thought you could catch her, threaten her, and act like a big bad boglin? He screeched, his voice rising. You're lucky I don't put a quest out on you. Rick the hamster squeaked sadly. Oma Bell put a hand on my shoulder to make me feel better. I'm really sorry, Shakes, I moaned, my voice small and weak. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Shakes threw his hands up. Well, I'm going to write your tale. I'm going to write it out as a comedy and maybe make my money back on this whole thing. But I'm going to have to apologize hard. This might well end my career kid. Just go home and leave the heroing to the heroes. And on that note Shakes went to the door and opened it, gesturing for us all to leave. I'm not going to lie to you. I felt so bad that after we left Shakes' shop that I cried. Walking from the village center, with Oma Bell on my left and Rick on my right, I just couldn't hold it in anymore. First my eyes were wet. And then they were streaming, silently. 
And, about after we left Fairy Village, I finally let it all go, sobbing loudly. Oh Chingu, Oma Bell sighed, wrapping me up in a hug. I was wrong and you were right. We are heroes. It's just that, sometimes, heroes have bad days. Squeak, Rick the hamster agreed, wrapping his furry front legs around me. His rock-hard abs squeezing against me made me laugh, they felt like metal bars. You goofs, I said, sitting down against the roots of a towering apple tree. I ran my sleeve over my face, wiping away all of the wetness. My face was red and raw. Thanks guys. I don't know what I would do without you. Without us you'd probably burn your house down and lose all of your stuff, Oma Bell suggested. Oh, and forget to brush and lose all of your teeth too. Rick squeaked. I guess he agreed with her. Now, listen. We'll have to find a new wordsmith but our next adventure you have gotta let me know what you are planning, Oma said, both kind and serious. I need to know what is happening, and we both need to be able to have the chance to say no to the other's plan. I mean, you said you aren't a sidekick. But I'm not one either. We're both heroes and we both should have a say. That was a lot of words in a row. For Oma Bell that meant something serious. But I felt like a balloon a week after a birthday party. Just flat and wrinkled, with nothing inside. I knew then that I was done. That this hero business just wasn't my thing. Now I had to say it. I bet that we can get a young wordsmith to sponsor us. And that will be magnificent. All of us just starting, so many books and novels for her, so many quests and adventures for us. And we'll be heroic all right, Oma continued, talking and talking, her excitement for the hero thing showing with every swing of her arms and movement of her hands. This wasn't going to be easy. But it would be easier than being something I am not. I opened my mouth and stuttered, first. She stopped talking and looked at me. And I mean really looked at me, like searching my face with her eyes and seeing that something was wrong. So I just spit it all out. I don't want to be a hero anymore, I stammered, saying want twice and hero three times. I am horrible at it and I hurt people and I should just stay home and play chess with Rick. After I make more chess pieces. Oma just stared so I looked down at her feet. I felt ashamed and embarrassed. She didn't make any noise though, and when I looked up she was storming off, her tiny squirry feet stomping through wet dirt, her wings rigid and stressed. Rick the hamster wasn't too happy either. He eyed me up with the one side, then turned his head to eye me up with the other. Letting out a sort of pooip sound, he stomped off as well, heading after Oma. I stood alone, a loser at friendship too. Was there anything in this world I was good at? Chapter 11, Winners Don't Quit Hamster Rick didn't come home that night and I didn't blame him. I laid there in my bed totally unable to sleep. I tried again and again. But I couldn't stop thinking about it all. As a hero I sucked. But Oma Bell wanted me to do it again. And so did Hamster Rick. And, well, maybe I did a little too. But I'd just mess it all up this time as well. The morning came too soon and I went to the cupboard for some breakfast. I'm two inches tall, or five centimeters to some of you humans, so I don't need much. A few grains of rice boiled up as a hearty gruel will do for me. Especially on a day like today. I didn't really feel like eating. But I had to eat breakfast. It does the body good. Plus I had to be healthy for my new slash old life of being a fairy villager. I was going to do my part in the village. Maybe I could be a cobbler, or a dressmaker. I had an eye for style and I knew what looked good and what didn't. Or I could do the town crier job. Yelling about the news every morning was a great way for a mess up like me to help out. All I needed was a voice and legs. I thought again about Oma and Rick. They'll get over it and come on over. They can be heroes and take care of the world and I'll be there to cheer them on and let them know how well they did. I could see it in my head.
really all that we need to do is have a talk. I can explain to them how worthless I am and they can understand and maybe pat me on the head and go off on their adventures. We'll still play games when we all have time. I was starting to feel good about it when a darker thought came up. If they have time. I pulled the lid off my pot, smelling the steam and powdering it with crushed black pepper. Then I snuffed the flame, feeling terrible. What if they just leave and make new hero friends and I never get to see them anymore? What if that, Ching? What if you being a loser has wrecked everything forever? No. No. I peeked out the window of my little toadstool home with wet eyes and heart beating so fast that I thought I might have to go to the hospital. I needed to see them. The weather seemed fine. So off I went without my jacket, my eyes hard and my face determined. It was time to have a talk. I hadn't walked far when something glorious happened. I heard a squeak from the bushes. Hamster Rick? Chingu, where do you think you are going? Another voice called out. My heart soared. Omababel? I asked excitedly, my face turning about this way and that. Surprise, she said, coming out of the bushes with Rick. I jumped back a little. Omabel was great at hiding. The best that I knew. What are you doing here? I asked. I was astounded. Excited too. Well, Rick and I couldn't sleep all night. So we decided to come over and spy on you and see how you were doing, Omabel explained. I'm so sorry, Ching. I don't want to be a hero without you. And neither does Hamster Rick. Hamster Rick squeaked, moving in to give me a hug. And I don't think you are a loser, Chingu, she continued, but I want you to understand one thing. We are channelers. Channelers are the only ones who can level up, and that makes us like superheroes after a while. You can be a hero if you want to be. Do you know how channelers become heroes? I went and asked Dames Handsome after you quit on me. And he said the difference between a hero and a channeler is that the hero has failed more times than the channeler has even tried. I staggered. That was a heck of a phrase to say. It felt true and it hurt. I could feel tears in my eyes. Oma Bell reached out a pale hand and wiped a teardrop from my cheek. Winners don't quit, Chingu, Oma said, putting an arm around my shoulders and pointing out imagined things with her other. And I want us to be winners. I want us to help people and save things. The humans, the fairies, all of the animals of the forest. I want us to catch the baddies and help the goodies and level up and do it better and better for all of our lives. Because us channelers are the only ones who can. And because, well, winners don't quit. Winners don't quit, I snuffled. A hero has failed more times than the channeler has even tried. Aha, Oma smiled. Now you're getting it. Hamster Rick gripped me tight and I giggled, my sadness gone. Alright. You got me. We'll try this hero stuff out again, I said. We're too. Omamabel. To the village of Tabard. We've got a missing human boy named Jack, a very upset mother named Jill, and a giant beanstalk to deal with. Chapter 12, A Giant Beanstalk. You weren't kidding when you said giant, I remarked as we left the forest. I had to shade my eyes from the sun when I gazed at it because the thing went that high. I mean the beanstalk was a day's walk away and yet we could see it as clear as day. It rose up, thick and mean looking, piercing the clouds and disappearing into the blue sky beyond. Rick agreed. Merp, he said, his furry head bobbing up and down. He picked up a heavy rock and started exercising his triceps with it. Oma Bell gave him a thumbs up but didn't say anything. She was lost in thought. Maybe she was daydreaming about the future. It was all right with me. I had some thinking of my own to do. I whistled and signaled to stop, dropping my backpack to the ground. My character sheet was wedged in deep between some loaves of fairy bread, a few toys, and a book I brought just in case. 
I'll have to figure out how to pack for adventures as well, I thought. But that would have to wait. I pulled out my character sheet and scanned it over, thinking about this hero business. How can I do it right this time? The paper was a little crinkled and a lot messy but I could deal with all of that later. For now I had to listen to the words of Dame's Handsome and I had to make a plan. Back with the frog prince I really should have form changed into a human. That'd have cost a lot of mana but with my extra point I still could have sparked my famous spell and just gone up to the castle and talked to the princess. I felt stupid again. I looked around at the rolling hills and tall grass that marked the land of the humans, with their plows and horses and their gigantic huts, and I thought about it again. If we ran into trouble here in the human lands it might be best that we just hide. Maybe, I thought, I should take hide as a spell on my next level up. We walked on. We were fast for our size, but it took a long time. It was sunny and nice and I really rather enjoyed the walk. It even gave me a nice tan. The sky darkened and the owls were hooting when we finally got to Jack's hut. It was a sorry looking thing, with a door that didn't close right and glassless windows open to the sky. There was an empty cow pen, too, with its door just hanging there lonely. We stopped at the edge of the property, just staring and thinking our thoughts. It's dark out now and I don't see any light in the windows, Oma said, breaking the silence. She fluttered up for a better view. Do you think we should wake Jill up and find out about what is happening? I shrugged. Don't ask me. My plan was to make myself into a giant, tear up the farmland, and then demand that Jill kiss a frog, I joked. Oma stared a bit then laughed. Oh my, after the last time, well, I wasn't sure if you were serious. I stuck out my tongue at her. She made faces back. Hamster Rick farted. Uck, we both cried. Gross. Rick did a high-pitch hamster giggle. Well, I was gonna say yes, I said, but I don't wanna stink up the place with Rick here. Let's find a nice hidey hole to sleep in and come talk to her in the morning. We checked out the place. There was a lot of tall grass that was kind of hard to see in. Neither of us had thought to bring a tent and sleeping up in trees seemed dangerous. Birds will eat a sleeping fairy given a chance. Especially eagles. They're scary. We searched around, poking and checking through the grass when Rick squeaked a happy and satisfied sound. You better not be pooping, I yelled out to him. Ew, Oma Bell complained. But Rick did the sound again and I knew my strong animal friend had found what we needed. We all jogged over to where he stood. Squee! Hamster Rick cried. Then he pointed to a small burrow at the back of the house. There was a nice-sized hole that looked like it might be a rabbit's warren. Well done, congratulated Oma. Let's head in and set up camp. Sleep tight everybody because tomorrow is going to be an adventure. Chapter 13, Surprise Brath. The sound echoed through the warren, making me pinch my nose again in disgust. I couldn't sleep. Hamster Rick kept farting and it stank really bad. Plus I was both excited and worried about the adventure tomorrow. What if I messed up? Again? I sat up and checked around me. Oma Bell, are you awake? I heard her rustle in her sleeping bag across the way. She yawned loudly. Yes, she said and sat up. Then she started coughing. This place stinks. We need to do something about Hamster Rick. What did you feed him? Chess pieces, I laughed. They must finally be coming out. We stared at the robust hamster, snoring little hamster snores between great big rotten farts. He smelled a lot like a dirty toilet. Rick let out another one and Omabel waved her wand, making some sort of bubble about her head. I got up and stretched. Something about sleeping in dirty underground tunnels just wasn't doing it for me. Then I hunched over and organized my backpack. I heard Omabel stand up as well. Oh, what are you doing Ching? 
she asked. We need to sleep. Now we slept enough, I answered, peering at the ground. Pale blue light crept slowly into our hidey hole. It was pre-dawn and soon the day would start. And, to be honest, I wasn't feeling tired anymore anyways. I could see that Oma Bell was, though. She just could not stop yawning. Let's wake up Stink Bomb here and move somewhere more airy, I suggested, pointing up at the roof of the ward. Oma yawned hard and this time her bubble popped. She gagged again on the stench of Rick's farts. You you, she complained. She pointed her wand and sent a little shock at Rick's butt. The last fart poofed into a little explosion of flame. Rick jumped up, squealing. Stop farting. Oma Mabel yelled. Rick the hamster's cute little eyes turned downwards, embarrassed. I chuckled. Let's get out of here, shall we? I asked. Yes and double yes. Oma Mabel exclaimed. Onward to adventure. We got our gear together and headed out of the hidey hole, with our stinky hamster friend behind us so his farts wouldn't hit our faces. We did not want to wander face first into that mess. We stopped. From further up the tunnel we all heard a sound that made our knees shake and our faces turn white. A rustle of leaves and then a hissing sound. We couldn't see it but we could well imagine that pink murderous tongue and those serpentine yellow eyes. There was a snake coming into our hidey hole. It rounded the corner and hissed as we came into sight, staring at us with murderous intent. Um, I hummed. I was really scared. Elmo's mouth was open in a big O. The snake slithered faster, pushing back and forth against the ground as it came after us. We turned and ran. Well Oma Bell flew. But I ran hard, my boots clip-clapping against stones again and again as I tried to get the heck out of there. Think think. I thought as we moved deeper into the place. The snake scraped and slapped behind us. I can use magic to go big and smash this guy but I don't have a lot of mana and we're just minutes away from starting our new adventure. What can I do? Oma Bell flew past. I changed my thinking. Oma Bell has a lot of mana. Maybe she can do something. I thought back to our class with Dames Handsome when he had us make our character sheets. What was hers again? It took a little thinking but the image splashed into my head. Oma use your super smart spell, I called out. At one mana. Maybe we can outsmart it. Oma Bell dropped down to the ground and bopped herself on her head. Her forehead doubled in size. Despite all of the running and scariness I let out a big solid laugh. I couldn't help it. E equals MC squared, Oma yelled proudly. Ching and Rick, follow me. We all ran hard and fast as she mumbled science and math to herself, adding, subtracting, maybe even multiplying. And then we stumbled around a corner and came to a dead end. Well it was nice knowing you all, I said. Rick the hamster squeaked sadly, and raised one cute little arm to wave goodbye. But Oma Bell stopped running and turned around. The snake took that moment to round the corner, then it stopped and reared. Hiss, it protested. Oma Bell waved her wand, tracing golden dusty arcs in the air between us. The snake coiled back, tensing its muscles. Then it shot forward as sparks flew everywhere and all I could do was scream. Chapter 14, Save My Jack Oma? Oma Babel? Are you okay? I screamed as I ran up to them. The snake had fallen asleep somehow, but I couldn't see where Oma Bell had gone. Things felt dangerous and scary. Please don't be dead, I whispered. I searched up, down and all around but she was nowhere to be seen. Then the snake's body shivered and its mouth started to open. What the heck is going on? Is it waking up? Is it about to eat me? Rick the hamster squealed. Then he ran up to it and bopped it on its nose. The snake's eyes flickered open a little, then closed again. The mouth seemed to struggle, still trying to open. 
A little help here? Oma Bell called from inside, the sound muffled. Relief washed over me. Rick squeaked happily and grabbed a hold of the snake's mouth, his muscles bulging as he lifted it open. Oma hopped out, looking a little slimy but happy as well. Tata. Well, guys, did you miss me? She asked. Yuck, she continued as she shook Boop off of herself. I just stared. I uh, well, you uh, um, what just happened? I asked, very confused. She giggled. I did the super smart spell, and then I realized that pythons swallow their prey whole and it is also cold-blooded. So that meant that I could charge him, let him swallow me, then blast the roof of his mouth with frost and the cold would put him to sleep. Clever, right? Super smart, I winked. Squeak, Rick added, flexing proudly. Yeah, you did well buddy, I told him. Rick the hamster is awesome. Oma too, I reflected. But now it's time to get the heck out of here. They both nodded and we went back out of the rabbit hole to the warmth of a sunny day. Our eyes locked onto the giant beanstalk next to the house, jeez was it big. And scary. Hamster Rick ran over and gave it a punch, but nothing happened. So that's what we are going to be dealing with? I said, making a face. Are we sure we want to do this? Last chance to back out. Oma Bell stuck out her tongue. Last one to the house is a rotten egg. We ran to the house, both getting there at the same time. Then we made our way up the enormous steps of Jack and Jill's home. We crawled under the door through the gap in the bottom. A blast of dust made us cough as we entered. What? What is that? Is that you Jack? A woman cried out. A clack sounded from the wall as she leaned the broomstick up against it. Oh Jack, where are you? Where did you go? I'm sorry I got so angry. And those really were magic beans. Jack. Oma Bell was the first to stop coughing. She flew up and hovered in front of Jill's face. Jill Grimm? She said, I'm Oma Bell and I'm here with my friends to find your son. Jill went cross-eyed as she stared at the dainty fairy before her. Oh my gosh. You're a fairy. She said. I think I am going crazy, she added. I started climbing a table leg to get up there without using magic. I could form change into some sort of insect for zero mana and fly up there but I didn't want to go up as a ladybug and then get smashed flat by Jill. Hamster Rick followed closely behind me. No. You are not going crazy, Jill. And yes I am a fairy, a squirry to be exact, Oma explained, and my friend who is climbing your table leg is a fairy. A sheepy really. And that's Rick the hamster behind him. We are here to help you. That hamster looks very peculiar and quite wrong, Jill said, her eyes on his six-pack. He gave her a little mousy grin. But I frowned. There is nothing wrong with Rick. He and Omar are my best friends. I yelled at her. She blushed. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was quite rude of me. Yes, I am Jill Grimm and I'm not at all myself. My poor little Jack has gone missing. He went to the market with our cow Bessie a few days ago and traded her for some magic beans. Magic beans I said. What is wrong with you, child? And I threw the beans out the window and sent him to his room without supper. And when I woke up he was gone. She ran to a window and threw her arm out, pointing at the giant beanstalk. And this thing was here. Oma Bell nodded. I did too. Beanstalks and boys named Jack had a history together. They met up so often throughout the ages. I mean, whoever met a boy named Jack that wouldn't want to climb a beanstalk? I think, Jill continued, starting to cry. I think my Jack climbed up the beanstalk to visit the kingdom of the giants. And I think something bad happened. Please help me, little fairies. Please save my Jack. I glanced at Oma Bell, and Hamster Rick. 
They looked back at me. Then we all nodded. We'll save your boy, Jill Grimm, I said. Because that's what heroes do. Chapter 15, Let Sleeping Giants Lie. I was a ladybug, flying high and free. Omabel was flying too, her face sour and grumpy as she sweated to carry Rick. Rick gave a hamster smile as he soared up to the heavens. E. He cheered. I bizzed and buzzed, rising up like a helicopter and watching over the human world. You know, something about my world. To you it looks magical and amazing. Toadstool houses and markets full of food that sparkle and pop, even float on occasion. But think about how I felt when I saw my first real human village. Grassy roofs? Painted walls of stone or stick? Markets with food that does nothing but sit there? Your world is beautiful to someone who has never seen it, like me. The beanstalk, though, that was not beautiful at all. It was ugly and gnarled, full of sharp thorns and thick knots of dark green. It made me nervous. The clouds it reached into were a perfect and fluffy white. But if the kingdom of the giants looked at all like this beanstalk, we were in for a horrible time. Up and up we went. Where it got colder and windier, I could see a hole in the clouds. We were almost there. We moved up and through it, watching the kingdom of the giants spread out all around us. It was a lot like human lands, but if all the green had gone white. There were fluffy white hills surrounded by fluffy white plains and in the distance I could even see a fluffy white forest filled with fluffy white trees. It was flufftastic. Upon the largest fluffy white mountain stood a dark and foreboding castle. It was so very large, at least twenty times larger than the castle that Princess Jumi lived in. And it felt evil. That kind of evil that makes your skin feel crawly and rashy. I shuddered. Oma Bell laid Hamster Rick down onto the cloudy kingdom floor and then plopped down onto her butt, gasping. I changed back to myself and dropped down next to her. Hamster Rick can afford to lose some weight, Ching, she panted. That was horrible. Rick put his head to one side and I laughed. Well when I have more mana I'll take care of it all for you. But right now we need to save magic. We are going to need it to save Jack I bet. Oma nodded and got up off of the cloud. Yeah, I get it. Like Dames Handsome said, we have to think it all through and be smart. Okay, well, I guess we go to that dark and ugly castle over on the mountain. Looks scary, I frowned. Sure does, she affirmed. Hamster Rick led the way. He was like our tank in this land above ours. There wasn't anything to be worried about yet and we got to the castle without any trouble. The castle's gates were shut and all of its windows closed. Worst of all, somehow, there was no gap under any of their doors. Squeak, Hamster Rick complained. Well that figures, I agreed. What do we do now? Oma Bell checked over the castle face. There are lots of windows, she said. Maybe I can look through them for some clues and answers? We huddled together to talk it through. What if someone sees you, Oma Bell? I asked. Hamster Rick nodded. Well, then, I can maybe make myself look like a bird with squirry dust? It is cantrip magic so it can do pretty much everything but only at a basic level, Oma said. Like what do you mean? I asked. Well, I can look like a hummingbird, but I won't have any feathers if you look close up. I'll just be a naked flying bird, Oma explained. I nodded. You'll be so small that they won't notice, I laughed, thinking about how different a 100-foot-tall giant was to us two-inch fairies. Let's do it. Oma Bell sprinkled herself with fairy dust and then rose up as a naked hummingbird. She was right, the illusion did look quite broken. Still, there was no way a giant was going to notice. She flew up to the first window and yelled back down. I see him. I see him. Oh no, poor Jack! She exclaimed. What? What? I asked back.
She flew down an airlifted hamster rick to the window as I transformed into a ladybug and flew to the sill. There was Jack. He was tied up with rope and bobbing up and down in a large pot filled with giant purple and orange vegetables. Sweat covered his forehead and he kicked his legs, struggling to stay afloat. A giant snored in a chair nearby the pot. There were cupboards up above every counter, and counters against every wall. There was a giant table as well that took up the whole middle of the room. The table was covered in cooking clutter. Looking it all over, I suddenly had a plan. Oma Bell, listen to me, I know what we need to do. I told her. She frowned. And I want to tell you both so we can make the plan together. She nodded and smiled. So here is what we have got to do, I said. Chapter 16, One Happy Mama Oma Bell exploded the window with a giant fist, her arcane spell draining three mana. Broken glass flew everywhere. Herg, the giant said as he jumped up out of his chair in sleepy shock. He banged his head onto the heavy cooking pots that hung above him. Ow! The giant said. And then he started to sniff. Fee-fi-fo-fum I smell something little and dumb. Fairies make good stew too you know, he rumbled, searching Oma. Gaseous odiferous, Oma chanted, spending another mana and throwing squirry dust into the air. All of the pots and pans began to fart. In fact everything with any sort of space inside it ripped out noisy noxious green gas that smelled exactly like Rick's butt. She began to laugh as the giant choked, then she began to choke too. Stinky. The giant rumbled and coughed. He saw her trail sparks of dust as she flew out the window, and he ran out of the kitchen to his front door. He threw it open and shouted. I'll get you, you stinky fairy. And now I will splat you. Stew is too good for fairies. The ground shook as he clomped away, the floor shaking with every step. It's go time, I told Rick, tapping his cute and fuzzy shoulder. Hamster Rick poked his head around the window frame. My head followed. All clear buddy. Let's do this. Rick loped over the table and took watch from behind a pan splattered with dried gravy. He was going to be the lookout. Then he started eating the gravy. I let out a long sigh. Some lookout he was turning out to be. Still, I had to do one thing at a time. I changed into a ladybug again and buzzed over to the stew pot where tired Jack was trying hard to stay up in the hotter and hotter broth. I landed on his head. Oh great, he complained. Now there is a bug on my head. I changed back to myself. Ah. He screamed, tipping over into the stew. Now I was in it too. But that wasn't too bad. The stew actually tasted really good. Still, now Jack's face was in the broth and he was blowing bubbles in the stuff. It wasn't time to stick around. It was time to go. I hopped on a floating potato. Then I grabbed the boy, and I threw Max Mana into my travel magic. Jack flared with red green purple and blue light. Then he disappeared from the pot, the rest of the stew leaving with him. Oops. I scrambled out of the greasy pot and changed back into a ladybug. Then I flew back over to where Rick was finishing up the leftover gravy. Squeak? Rick asked. Yeah buddy. Jack is back with his mom time for us to go. We both ran out the open front door and we didn't even look back. Hamster Rick boosted me up on his back and I rode him like a horse. Squee! He yelled, a noble horse's cry. That muscly hamster is pretty fast when he puts his mind to it. We galloped over to the beanstalk and watched as Oma Bell flew through the break in the clouds, escaping the grasping hands of the big stupid giant. Rah! He moaned angrily. Hamster Rick chirped in delight. fee fi fo fum Hamster and fairy are so dumb. I smell and hear you, you little monsters. He shouted. Hamster Rick skidded on the cloud cover as he came to a full stop. 
the giant was exactly between us and the beanstalk. How were we going to get past him, and get back to Jack, Jill and Oma Bell? Hamster Rick, I asked, what should we do? Everything was lost. There was no way we were going to get around the dummy. Hamster Rick charged forward and I ran after him. Rick. Rick. What are you doing? I screamed. He got close and leapt, landing on the giant's leg. Then he started to tickle. Ah. What is dumb hamster doing? The giant asked. Ha. Ha ha ha. Oh no. The giant fell over, laughing himself out of breath. Hamster Rick and I ran past to the beanstalk and started to climb down. Great job Rick. I said. But then we heard a sound above us. The beanstalk started to shake and sway. The giant was climbing down as well. Happily ever after, a pledge and a pinky swear. Hamster Rick and I scurried and hopped as fast as we could. But the giant was gaining on us. I saw an enormous set of hairy toes coming down above me, and then another. There was no way we could get out of here this time. We were gonna be squished into meat pancakes. And then Oma Bell was there. Throwing her arms out, she magicked a powerful shield. The giant's foot landed on it, got knocked away, and the hair on his toes started on fire. Hot hot hot. The giant cried. We could hear him blowing on his foot with his big stupid mouth. Let's get out of here. Oma Bell said, grabbing me with one hand and hamster Rick with the other. Then we jumped, falling faster than a jet flies. Oma Bell, this isn't any better. I yelled, trying to be louder than the wind around us. Oma Bell laughed. I know just what to do, hero. She huffed and drew a circle in the air, and then suddenly we were in a bubble. We drifted down the last of the way to the ground, where a happy Jill and a soup-drenched Jack were waiting for us. You made it! They exclaimed. But what can we do about the giant? I could feel it then. It was my turn to shine. Oma, hit me with some arcane magic. Buff me up. Oh, and give me something to cut with. Oma Bell spun and twirled, throwing all of the rest of her energy into me. It came out as a multicolored vortex, a magic tornado that went straight into my mouth. I threw the last of my mana into my super strength spell. I was glowing with buffs from both Oma's arcane spell and Scory Dust spell. Plus my hands had become scissors. I was a chopping machine. High above me the giant cried again as the stalk trembled and shook. The dummy didn't give up, though. He just kept coming. Jack and Jill hid in the house and watched us from the windowless window frames. There isn't much to add. I buzzed and bizzed and sawed and chopped, almost magic and my own making me an unstoppable chainsaw of doom. With a sharp crack the stalk finally tilted and crashed. The giant screamed as he fell off to who knows where in the land of not my problem. Hooray! Jack and Jill cried, their nightmare finally over. Oh my gosh, thank you so much! Jill gushed as she and Jack ran out to see us. Please take anything you want. I owe you more than I will ever own. I smiled. It was nothing, Jill and Jack. It's just what heroes do. Omabel giggled at me. Her pearly white teeth shone and her mouth about as open as it could be. We're really heroes, Chingu! She exclaimed. Then she squealed and hugged me, her wings taking me up just a tiny bit off of the ground. Hamster Rick checked around for someone to hug. Then with a happy squeak he ran over to Jack and hugged his foot. Everybody laughed. Don't ever call yourself a zero again Ching, Oma commanded. She looked into my eyes and put up a pinky. I grabbed it with my own. I pinky swear that I, Chingu, hero of fairy village and best friends with Oma Bell and Rick the hamster, will never ever call myself a zero again so long as I live. You better not, sheepy sheep, she sighed. 
Because this, well, this is all just the beginning. The end. The book is finished, but the adventure has just begun. Please 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 leave a review on Amazon for Fairy Nights by Dames Handsome and let us know what you thought so we can write more adventures and make them as fun as they can be for you and yours. Author's Note When this book first began, I didn't realize it was something that I was going to publish. It started as a role-playing game session between myself, my son, and my wife. And the adventure we had in those four hours was incredible. My eight-year-old was both cute and hilarious with the things he did and said, and my wife was the rational balancer to keep them rolling. Most of what happened in this book also happened right there at the table and if you'd like I can send you rules with which to make your own game. It is a work in progress but I'd love to have it all finished and boxed and out for kids everywhere someday and with your help we could make that happen. About the author. Dames Handsome is a teacher of children, and also the hero of Strawberry Woods. He plans to continue writing about the adventures of his prize students, Chengu and Omabel, for as long as he is able. About the illustrator. Warwick Wilson is a man who loves to draw, animate, and make music. He has a YouTube channel for kids' songs at Robowawa Children's Songs.